Welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thank you for joining us for our Hawthorne Hawks, which sounds weird. Yeah. The Hawks. The Hawks. Actually, I'm really looking forward to this podcast. I don't know why, but I've just been – I like the Hawks this year for a few rookie options, and I think they're going to be relevant in Supercoach this year, which is good. I think this could be the shortest podcast (laughs) (laughs) uh, trumping North Melbourne. I don't know about that. Well – you know, let's see what they have to offer besides a, a long uh, superannuation for Clucko. <laughs> so let's start true. off with our socials. We are Supercoach Insider. Obviously, you can find us on all the socials. We are SC, uh, SC Insider 100. And you can find us. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Twitch, Podbean, uh, iHeartRadio, Podtail, Listen Notes, Owltail, and Player FM, as well as Podchaser. To go with which, we actually got a shout-out. Also out. YouTube. You forgot. You and, forgot about YouTube. <laughs> and the YouTube for our favourite listeners. We are loving the interaction from our Search YouTube. Search for Supercoach Insider on YouTube. What up? Um, YouTube is killing our, uh, as far as comments and stuff, they are smashing the Facebook crew. So come on, Facebook. Get your shit together. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, also, we had a shout-out as well this morning, uh, an article written by The Great Australian Pods. No idea who they are, but look, they gave us a shout out and- um, Pretty sure my mum wrote that article. <laughs> Dude, your mum can't read. What are you talking about? <laughs> she can't even read. Can't. <laughs> hey, it's not his fault he can't read. <laughs> oh, oh, Big Daddy. Yeah, yeah. Big Daddy. So I went with yeah, um, yeah. Billy Madison. You went with Big Daddy and it's all good. Yeah, it's I all good. I respect that. Okay, Hawthorne What Chris. is this game? I win. I win. Why? Because I win. This is Bolshevik. <laughs> this is Bolshevik. Uh, hit us with the rookies, Chris. All right. Let's start it off. So obviously the big one. Oh, that's actually a really good idea before we get started. I love how you're on the beer and I'm on the sugar freeze again, guys. Well well done. Mm. Everyone needs a reason for a bev. <coughs> <laughs> oh, oh, wow. He's choking like uh, Carlton in Melbourne back in the 2000s. <laughs> big, big calls. I respect that. All right. So everybody's favourite defensive rookie at the moment, Denver Granger Barras was taken at pick six. Um, so big time uh, rookie, uh, centre half back, intercepting defender, lots of raps on this kid. Um, they took him early because obviously it's a list need. So before we start, we should probably go through all the guys that left them to give you an idea of why he's actually a list need. Um, so with the Hawks, if I can pull this up, give me one second. Well, one of the big notes, obviously, is Isaac Smith, who has gone and yep. joined their rivals, which is huge. True. Uh, so you've had, obviously, James Frawley left, who's a uh, centre-half back. Connor Glass retired. Will Golds was delisted. Ricky Henderson retired. Harry Jones was delisted. Darren Mitchington was delisted. Paul Puopolo retired. Jackson Ross delisted. Isaac Smith, as you said, went to the Cats. Ben Stratton retired, so another centre half back there, and Matthew Walker was delisted. They did, however, acquire, of course, Kyle Hardigan and Tom Phillips. Um, so Hardigan is one of those centre half backs that's come in, and the other, of course, that they're playing at the moment is uh, Big Boy McAvoy. Um, so there's definitely a spot there uh, for someone in that back line, and they've drafted him. And he's definitely AFL ready and he's had a pretty good preseason. So I do like the idea of uh, DGB or we like to call him because it's just a lot easier. 
um, actually getting a run uh, from round one. The problem is obviously he's 184,000. So he is an expensive rookie, but he just to you know, light up some stats for you guys. Um, he is obviously an intercept defender as well as a lockdown. So how they choose to play him and roll will come into it. What we don't want to happen is what happened with Fisher McCassie last year where he was close to 200K, you know, touted as an intercepting player, comes in and basically plays lockdown and, you know, Dodie essentially got that intercepting role. Um, but he averaged 10.3 disposals, 7.4 intercept possessions, which is big for Supercoach, and three intercept marks and five spoils in the waffle. So he played in the seniors, so he's definitely ready for AFL action. And um, they've likened him to a sort of Aaron Norton-style defender uh, when he was back there. But I really like the pick. The problem's going to be if I have 184000 on a rookie. That's really the issue. I do think he lines up round one, though. <coughs> yep. Excuse me. The, the thing that's going to play into, into people's hands in this point is the rookies in defense, yes, there's a lot of talent. And I, I think I've got about you know maybe four or five that I could easily put into defense. But we... We're still assuming the fact that they're going to show up and be best 22 each week. Yeah, and scoring power versus job security is a big thing this year. So he probably has maybe better job security but more price, which is a negative, and then also probably less scoring if he does lock down. Yeah, well, I mean, the good news is Sicily's not there. So there goes an intercepting defender out of that back line. So they do have to plug that hole. I'm really hoping that he doesn't play lockdown and he gets more of a Tom Dodi first year where he just comes in and absolutely destroys. But, you know, obviously we just don't know yet. Um, I can't wait to see him in the preseason, in the the one game that we'll get to see. Um, but, we'll yeah, let's cross our fingers and hope that he does come through because I think he could be really good. You know what I'm interested in is that that one game that they're all going to play where people watch and they, everyone's going to read so much into oh, one game. It's going to be tough. The swings on percentages is going to be huge. You'll see a premium just come out and just get the Ks into the legs, not even worry about it. Next minute they drop 10%. Someone else comes in and plays more midfield role than they normally would and then all of a sudden they will jump up 15% ownership. It's going to be pretty funny. True. Hold your nerve is what I'm saying. Now, they definitely drafted for list needs with every single pick, and I really, really like how they've gone. The next one they've gone is uh, Seamus Mitchell at pick 29, 117K forward. Apparently he's going to fit in seamlessly. <laughs> so they say. Um, now, the good thing is for him, he's 181 centimetres and 74 kilos, small forward, great pace. He's, he um, clocked the 20-metre sprint in 2.88 seconds and has a great vertical leap at 91 centimetres. How many kilos, Chris? <laughs> Some 74 kilos. Hey, the meatloaf! <laughs> so many light boys in here. Well, now- COVID, mums, feed your kids. <laughs> they they lost um, Popolo. So he was obviously a mainstay 22 player out of that four pocket with all that you know high intensity and pressure, but also can grab Mark and kick a goal. He is that type of player. So does he make an impact this year? That's a question mark. But going through the list of- Hawthorne, now that they've lost Palopolo, they really don't have a really good small forward, like a, a specialized pressure forward. So this guy could come in and make an impact. Don't know if it's round one, probably not. But during the season, I can see him being a downgrade option. So see how, how he goes. How many Mitchells can they have in their side? This is true. Even Sam Mitchell's come back as a, as a, a assistant. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm confused. Does he have two first names? Because is Seamus even a first name? <laughs> Who knows? 
Um, <laughs> I'll let it pass, I think. So the good news is for him, he has good skills and precise short kicking, but his ground ball in terms of being a first-touch player needs a little bit of work. So um, that's what he's probably going to um, to be working on in the off-season. Now, the one that I do think also debuts, so I think we're going to have two debuts in round one from Hawks, is Connor Downey. They was taken at pick 35, 117K mid. He's 185 centimetres and 82 kilo goal-kicking winger. Now, obviously the news that Scully has just retired and the fact that Isaac Smith is gone, so even though they filled one of those wings with good old Tommy Phillips that can't kick at all, um, they are going to need to, to fill that other side. So um, they've got midfielders in their group, but none of them are really like out-and-out wingers with pace. Um, they're more inside ball-winning type mids. So I do see a spot for someone like Danny if he has a good preseason to come in on round one. Um, he's got the frame already already there, and um, I can see him really killing it. He also um, impressed during the preseason, and he finished fifth in the Hawks' time trial. So, yeah, a guy that I think can get a round one gig, and I actually have him currently in my team. Um, and if he does, he'll probably line up on the wing, which is a pretty good little super coach role there. So, um, yeah, someone to definitely watch, Connor Downey. What do you think about Downey? I'm, I'm surprised you haven't made a joke. I was like, I said that <laughs> <Nah>, like, <laughs> Downey like six times nah, just to see if I can get anything out of you. <laughs> mate, you can't joke about that kind of business. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. Uh, that's a far-fetched though, I believe, um, lining up on the wing. But if he does, I will be right. uh, I'll be truly impressed if he does line up on the wing. Otherwise, it's probably as far-fetched as your Guthrie comments last listen. Oh. <laughs> Dude, Guthrie is a solid bet. You, Guthrie you are came going out, to regret that. Guthrie came out in the article saying that he got lucky last year and he knew if he had put together one good season, he'd be All-Australian and now he's wrapped with himself. He's gone back into just insignificance. One chance, just one chance. Yeah. One chance. <laughs> All right. Um, pick 46, they picked up Tyler Brockman, another small forward with pace, um, 2.93 second, 20-metre sprint. He also averaged 4.7 tackles per game in the Waffle Colts under 18. So um, definitely a, another list uh, move there. Someone that can provide them with that forward pressure and kick some goals. Um, definitely one to watch, but I think um, Seamus is probably ahead of him there. And then they did pick up a rookie, <coughs> um, Jack Saunders, 102K forward mid, 180 centimetres speedy on baller who can go forward and kick a goal. He did play in the Sandful under 18s last season. Um, and in nine games, he averaged 25 disposals, 5.3 marks, 6.6 tackles, but he's still very raw. And um, he obviously didn't – he played in the reserves, but he didn't get to the, the full sandful level. So probably needs a little bit more under his wing there. And then, of course, there's some existing rookies or people that are rookie priced that you still might want to have a look at. Um, the big one for me is Patton, if he actually comes back. I'm not really sure what's going to happen with Patton, but he's – 189k forward. Um, so we've seen Patton go absolutely ham if he gets the right role. Yep. Um, and that role is going to be forward ruck where he actually swings into the ruck and gets some ruck time, but he also goes forward. It's going to be his majority role. I think he's just waiting for a pat on the back. <laughs> probably. He'll, he probably Patton. needs one at this point. Patton. Patton the back. Um, now, they, they've got some other guys there that um, have been on the list for a couple of years. Uh, Jekka is a 123K forward. I don't think he's going to be getting much time. Josh Morris played a couple of games last year, but he's a 145K forward. Um, and then the other one that's been um, touted this preseason is uh, Kaczynski, 123K defender. 
Um, he was actually taking a pick 52 in the 2018 draft. So a couple of years in the system, 196 centimeter defender. He's impressed a little bit, but I think he's more likely going to be a lockdown style defender rather than an actual intercept, which is not good for super coach. Um, yeah, he averaged 45 points in the VFL last year. So, oh no, in 2019. Interesting. So I'm like, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, and you have here Pepper, 123K. Do you know if it's his mum or his dad, Chris? <laughs> I don't get what you're saying. That's a doctor. <laughs> 123K defender, Do- um, Dr. Pepper. And uh, Finn McGuinness is the other one. So 195K because he actually played one game last season and got a 52. Um, so there's a whether or not he will get games is Probably based on injuries and matchups. See, I'm more I bullish. I'm more bullish on uh, Finn McGuinness. I honestly think he I is don't. playing. I think he's best 22 this year, but I'm not paying 200K. I'd might as well just go and get a North Melbourne 200K player who is actually <laughs> clean. Well, well by, that's, by all reports. It's true, but I don't, I, I don't know. Personally, I don't see him breaking the 22 early. I think he'll play this year, definitely. Um, and as a downgrade target, it's a big no for me. But 195k mid, I'm, I'd rather. Yeah, you're right. I'd rather spend that on Phillips, and I'm not having two of them. I think they have to play the kids this year. I mean, Sicily's out. Where do you see Hawks finishing? Oh, bottom four guaranteed. Bottom four. So therefore, guaranteed I think you need four. to play Finn McGinnis needs to try and actually get in there a lot more and have some kind of role. Well, I'll, I'll take you through how I've got them lining up, and then you can tell me where he slots in. <laughs> All right. So from the back line here in the in the Hawks best twenty-two, a la Chris. Um, I've got Sam Frost uh, lining up at uh, in the pocket there with Hardigan and Hardwick. On the halfback line, I've got Will Day, uh, DGB or Granger Barras, whatever you want to call him, and Impey. So the uh, Impey's a really good one and we'll probably touch on him a bit later, but he's been tabbed to play halfback um, as a forward in Supercoach at 212K. He is very valuable at this point, so definitely one to keep an eye on. On the wing, I've got Tom Phillips. Um Tom Mitchell, if he does line up round one, um, there's question marks over we, well, it, whether he will or whether he won't. We'll probably get into him a little bit more. And I do have Downey on that other wing. I've got Wingard in the half forward line with Mitch Lewis and Burgoyne on the other half forward flank. And in the pocket, I've got Bruce Patton. If he plays, again, another question mark saying, I don't know if Patton is going to be right for round one or if, if they've got a, a theory about that. And then, of course, Gunston in the other pocket. And I actually have McAvoy in the ruck. Now, mainly because I just don't have any faith in Segler being able to deliver them wins. And McAvoy is a 10 times better ruckman. So I do hope that they move him back into the ruck. But there is a chance that he obviously lines up at center half back. So... Um, there were keep some, an eye on that one. There was some talk about him going back into the ruck, but... I don't know. I mean, when you lose Sicily, your best intercept, he was the next best intercepting player. So it's a hard one for me. True, but they had now have DGB, so I think that that would really free him up. Yep. And you've got to think about this as well. If Patton's not there, it's probably then um, Segler that does come in to replace him because they're going to need someone up forward. So um, we'll have a – yeah, there is a little bit of a question mark based on – injuries and what's happening with them, but that's how I see the the top top 18. On the bench, I've got Shields, uh, Tim O'Brien, which who obviously can play forward or back. Um, I've got Cousins and Hanrahan as a small forward rotational piece. 
And on um, depth for them, I've got uh, Morrison, Scrimshaw, Howe, Segler. Greaves is an interesting one. I think that he might get a, a few more games this season, though I'm not sure if he's in the 22. And they've also got, obviously, Giath and McGuinness. So a lot of their guys that are depth are very, very young, which is definitely why I can't see them making any sort of an impact. They have three or four injuries. Their best day take 18 just goes to shambles. So, Yeah. Well, yeah. At, at the moment, you're looking at, like, Gunston is uh, – I honestly don't think he's going to start. So you have about at least three – possibles there that won't actually get in there. And for me, I'm looking at um, – I think there's a little bit of depth there that could be actually put into that side. So for me, I'm looking at uh, – I think Scrimshaw will be playing for me. I, I, also like, think, I like Scrimshaw. I also I- think Greaves, Greaves has, and he's been quoted as saying, I think I'll be stationed down there at halfback and playing that role. So whether that means he's first off the rank or his best 22, I think that is yet to be seen. So – uh, yeah, there is a little bit of room there. I think Day is without doubt probably the um, – Day and Scrimshaw probably have the best scope to try and get a super coach friendly role, and that's why I'm kind of watching them more for draft relevance. I don't think there's uh, much cash on, on the bone there for standard. But I really like Day. I think he's fantastic. But where he plays is a little bit up in the air, of course. Well, I mean, his best compared to his worst is night and day. <laughs> Did you actually have that written down? No, Is that somewhere in the no I should actually. I should. You should have. You missed You missed a good one. Um, yeah, so that's, I mean, because there's uh, quite a few question marks there with how they're going to line up round one because of injury or because of other situations, that's why I see them being a very heavy rookie valuable team. And I think we're definitely going to be needing to watch the Hawks this year because they're going to be rotating these guys through that are a lot cheaper. So yeah, um, the issue is there is still some depth there. And I mean, not the greatest kind, that shitty kind of depth that will ruin your season. <laughs> well, it's true. Like how, how could easily come out there and do a role, yep. you know? So there's, there is some depth there on people that have been tried, but they might try and develop youth instead of relying on guys who might not be there next year. True. All right. Well, let's get into the premiums. And I suppose we start with the big one, which is Tom Mitchell. And um, look, Obviously, it was not good to hear about Tom Mitchell and he's still recovering from shoulder reconstruction, but um, there is conjecture over if he'll even – he's in a race for round one. If he does line up round one, is he in contention or do we see exactly what we saw last year where his tackle numbers were down, his time on ground was down, and he wasn't really the Tom Mitchell that we know and love, but he did come back late in the season. So what do you think about Tom Mitchell in terms of yes or no if he lines up round one? Uh, if he rounds up line one, for me, it's a no. Um, pure and simple reason. It's a no for me as well. Uh, it, one, they have the first buy. So for me, I'm not looking at starting too many people with that first buy. If I can help it, the fact that he has had an injury interrupted preseason makes it a, a bit of an issue for me. Mm-hmm. Um but, yeah, as you've said, he had end of season, shoulder reconstruction, and then on start of January he said he's not doing a lot at the moment, he's pretty restricted. And then news came out, you know, racing the clock to be fit for round one, still four to six away from joining in the skills, et cetera. However, the only positive was he said his leg feels 90%, which is the only kind of grace part. I am still interested, but if he starts, I, I, like, I do want him in my side. I think he is someone who could go 120 plus. The rules are set up for Tom Mitchell now. Honestly, with you know, he's a guy that can stay on for 90% time on ground. 
I love the Tom Mitchell pick if it's the Tom Mitchell that we had two years ago. Well, since from round four to round 15, he actually, over that 11-round period, he averaged 120.4. Yeah, that's amazing. So he's someone that you can definitely rely on. Now, you know, he, I guess he, even if he had an interrupted preseason, surely it can't be worse than when he came in last year. I'm looking at Tom Mitchell as one of the guys I get in my first round of upgrades. Not a bad option. I, you know, try and get someone like a Will Phillips up to him as soon as possible. You know, he starts at 200K. If he comes out and goes bang and then he has a bad game early, upgrade him straight away. I'm thinking round six, round seven, try and get somehow. And hopefully by then, you know, Tom Mitchell will have a couple of light games. He might drop to say 550K because he's only, what, 600 and... 610. 610, yeah. Now, so here's the benefit though, is that if he was fit and had a good preseason, I would much rather pay 610 for Mitchell, who I think will be top eight regardless, Yep. instead of... 650 for, or 658 for Clary and 654 oh, for McRae. He, was, McRae he was the first guy that I know. I was like, he was. The, I wanted him. He's the only guy, oh, outside of Josh Kelly, but you're taking that injury risk. In my opinion, before the news came through about his shoulder, he was the number one choice for midfield. He's underpriced and undervalued. He's got the, the rules have you know, changed towards benefiting him in Supercoach. And. Yeah, obviously the back end of the season last year. And we know what Tom Mitchell can produce. So if he comes in and he comes in light and then he starts to pick that up, bang, straight on him. So definitely someone to watch throughout the season for sure. Ah, yeah, that was good. Uh, That's probably the only really standard as in premium option. There's a lot of draft relevance in this team. Um, McAvoy, I guess, could be. Some people are looking that way. The only problem is, though, is that I don't know if there's any defender ruck rookie options to try and swing that through. So for me, I think with Marshall's the easiest choice here. But if you look at McAvoy, he's 456K. So he is quite cheap as far as a defender. He had some huge scores. He had some some 140s last year that I was just like, oh. Yeah, but he also had some really bad scores. Now, oh, captain, my captain, he's 32 years old. He did average 95.1 and 101.8. 92.7 as their number one ruck from 2017 to 2019. But again, my comments here are I don't know if they can afford to have McAvoy in the ruck when he was one of their best defenders last year. Well, I think it will be clear pretty early where, where they're going to use him. So I'm b- bullish on him in draft. I, I wouldn't touch oh. him in standard. But I like him as a guy, you know, 85 average, if he's going to be playing in the ruck, maybe even you might even pick him up in your bench in some leagues and be able to swing him into your ruck later. I really like him um, in draft and I definitely think I'll be uh, taking a punt there. Um, The other guy is, you know, someone like a Warple who actually, he's got jet written all over him and there is a time, there's going to be the Warple time and he'll be averaging 110. I, I can envisage that. I don't know when that's going to be and I'm not willing to take a punt on him. But he's definitely one you could pick up maybe a little bit over his average last year, which was 88. So for draft, you might be looking at, say, someone you're trying to round out your midfield or whatever. Walpole's a nice nice guy. He's got a lot of upside. Yeah. He, he, he did get a few 70s, though, which was the only thing. But that's not too bad for draft. He's not going to burn you on the flip side. He had five 70s, two 80s, four 90s, three 100s, including a 133. So... 
Yeah, look, he's not a bad option. I think he he will actually start to improve, mm-hmm. um, not being like the sole person but trying to contribute around the ground as well. I think he is, definitely has some scope to improve. Just going back on McAvoy though, he did have, as you said, a 147 and a 146 but also had lows of 29, 35, 46 and 59 locking down. So And they weren't actually injury affected. Yeah, that's true. So painful. Um, so next one's obviously Jaeger O'Meara. I think he's just cooked, man. Uh, like he is cooked as a 110, like super premium, ridiculously talented player. He is done. That's my call. 110. Jeez, he, he's, he hit 90.8, 90.4 the year before. No, when he was at Gold Coast. He oh, was, when he was, yeah, he was good. Like, and then he, he – And then he cooked his knees. Yeah. Gold Coast to be like, cool, we got something out of that. Yeah. Um, I think he's done. I don't. I can't see him being ever SC relevant for standard ever again. Um, obviously someone you can grab in draft as a – so again, someone yep. around. I'd rather take Warple. I'd honestly rather take Warple than Jaeger O'Meara. I would too. Someone going up rather than someone staying still for the last two years. Yeah, it's a it's one of those ones though. I mean, Jaeger does look good, but I don't know. Just his arms look good. That's about it. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Chad Wingard is actually a little bit standard relevant. He's four fifty two k. Thought he was going off last year. He actually started with some midfield minutes and went pretty well. He averaged ninety two the first nine rounds. And he had a couple of hundreds to sort of start the year. And I was like, yeah, here comes you know, Chad Wingard with look, what looked like a pretty good role. And then he averaged 75 for the last eight. Now where he went and it's his big down floor is he actually averaged 117.4 in wins and only 70.3 in losses. Yeah. Which is a huge um, and discrepancy. they are not climbing that ladder. No. They are very much in the bottom four this year. The reason, so I can't see that improving. The reason I say he's relevant is apparently he – Again, like everyone, like doing well in the preseason. He is, I think, going to be playing some of that sort of mid-rotation. Yeah, and he'll be playing the same as last year. He'll be playing, you know, let's say 60-40 mid, uh, forward mid. You know, yeah, although he wasn't even considered a mid, so he had less than that last year because he doesn't have the forward mid eligibility anymore, so you can't even swing him in draft, which kind of hurts. But Fair apparently enough. he is doing well and um, he apparently all the people are trying to look at, look to get it in his hands. So I guess how well do you trust some of these young players to actually hit a target, I guess? How much do you trust Hawthorne to win games of football? Um, 60% of the time <laughs> it works every time. I Yeah, look, I've got no faith in him. Like, again, someone I'd pick up in draft just because he's got scope to have those 120s and 130s on a day that he on kicks, his day, yeah. kicks three and has 25 disposals, you know. But, yeah, I'm I'm not taking a pun on Wingard. Yeah, I, he's, I he's done as well. Um, okay, oh, Tom Phillips, though, is the next one we'll look at. So he's I don't, forward mid. Before we continue with Tom Phillips, I'm just putting it out there straight away. I don't understand why people are looking at Tom Phillips and saying he's an option. Can someone explain it to me? Uh, because he averaged 95.4 in 2018 and 90.4 in 2019, and then he lost his wing sort of rotation. No, he didn't. Tom Scully, as uh, Tom Scully, Tom Phillips has literally been playing wing at Collingwood forever. And then why is he forward eligible, Chris? Do the math. Because he played a little bit on the half forward flank when they had to rotate around. A smidge, hey? So this is what happened last year with the a 666. Smidge, a I'll, I'll explain it to you. With the 666, they had someone on the half forward flank that would then rotate to the wing because they would play seven defenders. That's how Collingwood played their football. That's the only reason why he has forward eligibility. So if Collingwood had seven defenders, why were they still shit? Because they suck. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, Tom Phillips, 402K. Uh, I'm and not- he can't kick 
for shit. Yeah, he yeah. is though fucking turnover merchant. He's a he fitter. took over Crisp's role of turning the ball over the last. I was going to say, years. isn't he a fitter trollor? Like just handball. He's it? fit. Don't get me wrong. He can he can get around the ground. He's um he's got a, he's like one of the best time trials at the at the club. I'm sure. Okay, he so would have been top two at um, Hawthorne. Yeah, 402, I think if anything, it's more draft. I mean, so more fantasy football relevance than uh, super coach for me. I'm oh, not yeah. I'm not starting him at 402K. I think there are better better scope as far as, um, you know, priced in to, you know, make you cash or you might as well just invest that little bit more. And for what, was it 60K more or 50K more, you can get like a Heaney. And I'd rather make that, well, that his, bet. Let's, let's say his scope of development is 75 to 90. Why would you pick him at 400K? Yep. It's just, a, it's a waste of money. I have no idea why you would pick him. I'd go there and draft, but I'm not picking him to go over 90. Oh, I'd pick him up if I got him on my bench. No, I'd pick, I'd put him as like F4, F5, I would could handle. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Well, he's not going to go lower I than 80. I wouldn't because I hate him. He won't go lower than 80. Don't get me wrong, lovely guy, awesome dude. Just can't stand him on the football field. Okay, so no matter what, do not pick with your, was it your heart? No, don't pick with your heart. What? I don't know. Pick. What are you picking? You're, with? you're you're using your your anger towards people to not pick them in draft, which is silly because even last year, no matter how much I hated Dane Rampy, I had to fucking <laughs> I had to fucking pick the guy because he was the next best. And option. then he killed you. He did kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot got, about that. You're totally bald. Oh, oh, oh. this makes Percy Fenwick sort. It really does. Was that was a double one. Double one. one. I, I love it. it. I accidentally <laughs> accidentally hit the double one. Um. Oh, yeah. Look. So I'm a big no on Tom Phillips. I. I just no. I mean, it, again. Okay. Using stats from a year when Collingwood literally um were in the grand final and were one of the best teams of the league does not justify him going to a bottom four side and scoring well in that bottom four side. It's not going to happen. You sold just me. Saying. It's fine. All right. Anyway, moving on. Segler, don't think he's going to play. Don't worry about him. Um, the big, as I said, we, the big one for me is Impy. He's down at two hundred and twelve k. He is, and I obviously coming off the. We saw the scoring that he's capable of doing off the halfback flank. Um, so, I think, look, very least, I think he can average seventy five to eighty five, um, and be a really, really, really good um, forward rookie for us. I think he's the best rookie priced forward of the year um, and we might not make the most money, but he'll definitely score the most points just because of his price. What are you looking at me so weird for? Jesus. Yeah, right. You heard it here first. The best forward rookie of the year is yeah. um, Jarman Impey. Yeah, it was 212K, bro. Yeah, right. What? I'm, I, did, I, did I slur my wards? Did I stutter? Slur my wards. Slur my wards. <laughs> no, but you fucked them up, all right? Um, <laughs> no, look, I, I am I am liking MP. Um, same thing as you. I think he has a scope to go 75 to 85. Um, for me, apparently this is the first real preseason he's had in like three years. He has been already tipped to go back into defence. So for me, I think he could actually be in that back pocket. And without Sicily. He could be in that oh. back pocket and be one of the main drivers to actually, you know, get that ball out of there, hit the pockets of a McAvoy or whoever's down at well, fullback. Just it's not they've tipped. No, he's going. Like the yes. coach has come out and said he's playing halfback. Yep. 
So, yeah, he's going to be the guy. He's, they said he's going back there to provide run and carry because they didn't have it last year. Yep. So they need someone to run and carry the football. And with the sketchy forward and defender rookie options, I think, out there, I think we need someone like an MP who is going to be best 22. Same well, reason that I think, you know, Danaher and Zebel and people say, oh, but injury, et cetera. I'm like, yes, but at least you know they are best 22, which means that unless they do get injured, which in, in that any case you hope they've made you 100K at least to fob them off or upgrade – you still want them because they're best 22. You're not going to have another rookie who is meant to be on field and then all of a sudden week one or week two they get dropped 24 hours before a game and you don't have the cover. Well, I do think there are some really good forward rookies that will play, but I'm a lot of them are forward mid and I don't see a lot of midfielder rookies that are going to play. So I think I'm like right now I've started I'm starting a lot of those forward mids in midfield to cover because I don't think there's going to be very many mids. Um so someone like an MP is really valuable because, you know, he can extend you to either F5 or F6 depending on how you're playing that. And then you might only have to play, say, a, if a cockatoo gets it, you playing him on field and then you've got the other two spots because you know what forward rookies are like. First of all, their scoring power is questionable and they're always just in and out, in and out, in and out. Um, so, yeah, I just I, I think MP is a really valuable pick this year. Yeah, I was going to say, I heard um, Patton like the in and out, in and out, in and out <laughs> a, a, approach. No. Well, speak again, Patton is that rookie price guy. I don't know if I have the balls to start him, but he could be a round three special. I actually like, did. I actually quite liked him early in the year. He just, he easily, he could sit there at your um, F5 or F6, and it's not a bad option. But again, I think he, even if he does, he probably has had a, definitely an interrupted preseason. Um, doing all his work, you know, off the courts. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, like, I, you wouldn't be able to pick him. You, you, yeah, round three well, special What for I sure. really hope is that he doesn't play round one. Yep. And then you get, at least get another two games to have a look at him. And hopefully he's a good downgrade target. That would be really nice if he comes in, say, round six, plays two games, round eight, boom. Yep. You can get Alfred Danaher or Zebel to him and he's averaging your 70. It'd be great. Yeah, don't mind that at all. Um, okay, so now let's go to a little bit of draft relevance. Um, there's not much. So, like, Greaves, don't be fooled again. Three games, average 90.7. He could. He's one of those, uh, those furfies, eh? One of those furfies. <laughs> now, if you want to pick Look, up I a actually, guy. I actually rate Greaves, though. So I do think I. He's, he's not bad. He's but just not 90 good. Are you going to be picking him at a 90 average no. only on a three-game sample? No, you no do way. not. Nope. So you let someone else pick that. Again, make sure you have. What I do anyway is I have the spreadsheet. I actually distribute the spreadsheet without all my notes, just on averages to the rest of the guys, and then they usually filter through from the highest average. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I'll actually change that three games into a 17. <laughs> <laughs> seriously fuck with people. Why not? Why I not? like it. Uh, okay, now James Cousins is another one, six games at an 85.3 average, another one I would be avoiding in draft leagues. Uh, as they say, Chris, you know, some cousins you should just avoid. No, they no? don't. I've never heard anyone say that actually. Really? Okay. So, okay. Well, if James Cousins went to Tasmania, he'd oh. never be short of a date. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, you pulled it back with the second one. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll should give have, you that one. I should have led with the first. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Imagine, that. Imagine that's... that. Who are you dating? Oh, um, you know, some guy named Cousins. <laughs> dating all the cousins. <laughs> yeah. It's, funnily enough, it's my second cousins. <laughs> All right. Well, that pretty much wraps us up for Hawthorne. That uh, was a bit of a short one, actually. I but did tell I thought you. it was going to be more relevant than that. But um, There's no one there. Once Do we not... got past Mitchell, it was all pretty much downhill from there. <laughs> it was. Do not pick anyone. Just of like Hawthorne players. season. 
Just shredding them already. Top four. Wow. You know what's going to be really good? Hawks versus Essendon this year. (laughs) (laughs) Cannot wait for that zinger. Maybe they play each other twice. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, didn't Adelaide beat Hawthorne this year? Like 2020? It's going to be Adelaide, who were like yet to win a game, beat Hawthorne. Devin Smith turns it over. (laughs) Phillips intercepts, turns it over. Devin Smith intercepts, turns it over. Oh, would be. There'll be some dream. Yeah, Michael. Michael. The dream. Michael Hartley has hardly made an impact. (laughs) Yes. Oh wow! I should stop. Yeah, that wraps us up. Um, Look, thank you very much for tuning tuning in. Um, Yeah, thank you. We'll we'll move on. Melbourne D's will be next, and there definitely is a lot of relevance in that side. There is. So we'll get to that next time. (laughs) Cheers, guys. See you guys. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. 